Takes a lot to walk around in my shoe. That shit you talking about to me is all new. I can't relate if anybody hits you. People, it is another Thursday, which means it's time for some echo chamber, baby. And as we do, we're gonna start with the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 10th to the 12th of September. So at number 10, still holding strong, it's Space Jam, A New Legacy. So this was from Malcolm D. Lee. At number 9, we've got Joe Crawford's The Cruds, A New Age. Cheat! At number seven. Wait, is that right? Um, no, 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 no. I'm at number eight. At number eight, I can't count people. At number eight, we've got Jungle Cruise. So this was from Juan Colazera. You know, with um. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Emily Blunt, Jesse Plummins. You know what I mean? Good cast, good cast. Have no clue, no real interest either. Oh dear. So, yes, now we are at number seven, people. And um, we have got Joe Canahan's Cop Shop. Right? Which, uh, yeah. Frank Grillo is really, he's all over the place right now. He's making change. Uh, so um, we then jump to number six, people. And we've got Paw Patrol, the movie. Yeah, Carl Bunker is the one to blame for that. So now, people, it's a top five. And in at number five, we have got Malignant. Malignant, I feel, maybe. So this is the new one from James Wan. Um, starring Annabelle Wallace, Maddie Hassan, George Young. Um, I feel it's a horror, but I'm not sure. At number four, it's Nicka DeCosta's Candyman remake. And yep, still too chicken to go see it. <laughs> I mean, people don't. Uh, I just don't know. I don't know. Right? At number three. It is the Aretha Franklin biopic, right? Which um, I did not know was... Uh, I didn't know it was out yet. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, okay. But this is from uh, Lizzle Tommy. 
Jennifer Hudson is playing Aretha. We've got um, Forrest Whitaker up in the piece. Marlon Wayans. Tysus Burgess. You know what I mean? This is uh, Mark Maron is up there. Yeah, it's a good cast, man. It's a real good cast. I've been waiting on this film, so I might have to try and see that one. At number two, we spoke about it a couple weeks ago, I think it was now. But it's Free Guy, right? This is the new Sean Levy piece with, um, you know, Ryan Reynolds, Jodie Cormier, Taka Wahiti, Lil Ray, you know what I mean? All of them man stuff in that one And at number one Number one people And we actually talk about it in this episode It's Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings This is the new MCU piece Phase 4 From Destin Daniel Creighton So people <laughs> Stay tuned for that one But yeah That's the top 10 So yeah, let's get into These uh Let's get into these reviews, right? Okay, so um You know, I don't normally watch Kids stuff Right, because although, you know what I mean, L- let's be clear, there are a lot of great stories that are PG, you know what I mean, and are kind of aimed at at mostly kids, but have, you know, there's a little bit of an adult theme up in there, but, you know, sometimes this stuff, yeah, sometimes it's decent, sometimes it's just not for you, but I I was flicking through uh, Netflix and I was intrigued by a new film called Nightbooks because of um this this thing that I I I saw mentioned right like in the little snippet Netflix gives you it's like you have to tell a new story each night to keep the witch away and I'm like okay that could be like how are they going to work around that? Because we've seen a ton of great stories where that's kind of a theme. You know, Arabian Nights, all of that. You know what I mean? Just the way that's utilised. I was like, I, 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 I'm, I'm prepared to give this a go. So that's what I did. You know what I mean? So um, it is actually based on a book. By J.A. White Of the same name It's directed by David Yarvesky um, It's adapted by Mickey Doherty And Tobias Lacoinis It's um, produced by Sam Ramy Romel Adam Mason Novick and Michelle Kunson. Cinematography is Robert McLaughlin. It's edited by Peter Gavadas. 
Music is from Michael Abels. Um, it is starring. Let's uh, take a look at the cast. What we've got: Winslow Fegley. He plays Alex. Lydia Joet plays Yasmin. And Kristin Ritter is the witch. That I mean, they're our main cast essentially. Right? I mean we see Alex's parents, but only briefly. You know what I mean? It's like anyone else, it's just like little flashes and then they're kind of gone. So that's our, our main cast really here. So the gist of the piece. A young boy named Alex becomes the prisoner of a witch. To avoid certain death, he convinces her to let him tell her a scary story every night. No, that's not even, that's so bizarre. So, like, these synopsises are the weirdest, right? Because that, that is nowhere near the truth. You know what I mean? She tells him he has to tell the story. You know what I mean? It, it, it's not his idea. So um let's have a look. Alright, so um when Alex let's do another one. This is on YouTube for the trailer. When Alex, a boy obsessed with scary stories, is trapped by an evil witch in her magical apartment. And must tell a scary story every night to stay alive. He teams up with another prisoner, Yasmin, to find a way to escape. That's a bit better. Right? Now, the whole thing with the stories is, as she traps him, it's like, okay, I only will keep you around if you have something I need. Like, what? What can you do? What sets you apart? And he goes, I, I can write scary stories. And she's like, oh, okay. I need that. Boom. Right, so that's it. it. It wasn't like, oh, hey, witch, I've got an idea. No, it's not that. I mean, ugh. So we start off the film, right, with... um. Alex, I mean, he's listening to someone talking, right? Well, that's what we kind of think. We have him, like, ripping posters down and throwing things in a box. And then we hear these people talking. We realize, oh, it's his parents, right? And, uh, yeah, he he he's leaves his apartment... It's night time, gets in the lift, and he's going to burn. Like he's talking, so I'm going to, I'm never going to write a horror story again. Yeah, he's throwing this little tantrum. Right, the, the whole thing being, though, like, you're watching all of this, and you're like, wait, how the fuck are his parents not going to know he's left the, you know what I mean? Unless you were in that household where your kids are allowed to kind of come and go as you please, which we ain't in those times no more. You know what I mean? Like, if this was in the 80s, I think you would fully understand 
the beginning bit. The beginning bit, you'd be like, yeah, it makes sense. Nowadays, where everyone's so cautious, you know what I mean? Like, the fear of your kids being taken by pedos or kill or whatever, it's just there. It's rife. So, yeah, you're not going to be like, hmm, I wonder. Like, no, it's stupid. But the kid, you know, he's going to the Bernie's and, yeah, he's lured into this apartment because it's playing, well, this is like his favourite horror film, The Lost Boys, which, I mean, The Lost Boys is, is like, it's good, it is good, but there's a whole heap of other great horror films, you know what I mean, and especially with a kid, I, I'd be surprised, right, you could be like, it's one of, but, to, like, he's, the bill and yeah, I was a bit like um, but yeah. So this, it's weird. He just sees this TV on a chair. I feel it was on a chair, but um, there's nothing else in the room uh, apart from a stand with a plate with a slice of pumpkin pie on it, and. He just picks up the plate and starts to eat. And you're just like, firstly, your parents would have taught you never go into another place. You know what I mean? You just wouldn't walk into someone's crib like that. And you're not just picking up some food and yamming it. It was just like, say, what? Yeah, like, I kind of felt, right? For that to be a believable, you know, situation, the kid would have to either be a lot younger, or there's something else. You know, there's something else that entices you. You know, now, what later on in the film, we learn... What's behind him going, oh, I'm burning all my but you know what I mean? Now, they could have utilised that as the thing. If, you know, there was a surprise. You know what I mean? Lord him in and he'd be like, oh my God, you guys, you caught me. Ah. Yeah, that and boom. But as it was, it's just, I don't know. It wasn't a believable Situation, so I think that was hard, right? As soon as that's the start of the film, and now you're you're meant to believe it's a bit like I don't know, man. I don't know, but essentially, you know, what I mean, he wakes up, he's in this apartment. There's a witch, and it it's all a bit. I don't know, let me, get, I'll come back to that anyway, but yeah, so the witch kind of breaks down what he has to do, what she's expecting from him, you know, um, and he, yeah, so he then bumps into Yasmin, All right, bumps into Yasmin, who is like, yo, so this is the deal, Right, these are the things that we, you know, she expects us to do, and all of that. 
But it's like he's it's weird like those first interactions because it's just like wait for someone in this predicament you you ain't coming at this how you would you know it was it was it was very weird right the way they kind of wanted to go and you have to think the sense of fear there should be a sense of fear and there's not really you know what I mean it's not really but yeah you, you know just more shit kind of goes down and it's watching them go through this predicament together that's essentially the thing right but i think for me well, I mean, firstly, this ain't for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? This was not a film for me. Right? I don't, I don't think it's one of those kids' films that an adult can... Well, I mean, I was going to say an adult can enjoy. But, I mean, you could enjoy it. But it's not one of those films that has, you know, that, that undercurrent of shit for the adult. You know what I mean? It, this is solely, solely for kids, right? Because the scenarios, just the, the way the kids are responding, it's all a bit too safe. It's all a bit too PG, right? Because as I said, look, the kids ain't scared, right? Not real scared. Is I think this should have been really a lot creepier than what it is. You know what I mean? They, they, you, you ain't playing this with no kind of happy undertones, right? It's not bright. There's just, it's just creepy. It's just a, a, a straight up original Hans Christian Andersen situation. Brothers Grimm. The original shit. The shit that was fucked up and creepy. Not the happier versions that, that we, uh, you know, have seen. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's the kid, like, Alex, there's a lot of answering back. And then, like, I can't write another story. And it's just like, motherfucker, shut the fuck up. Right? You know the ramifications. This was the weird thing. Because it was just like, there was a lot of, I can't write another story. I can't, I can't. And it's just like, yo, the ramifications... You're going to write another story. And the, the other weapon was like, there was a, hey, you have to. You're the only one that can. And it's just like, yo, what? Like, kids have imaginations, right? And even if you, could, you couldn't think of something, kids are stupid, right? Because kids will try and pass off shit they've seen or heard as their own. So the fact that they there wasn't a um okay so yeah there's the there's these boys and they move like he says Lost Boys is his favorite film right and it'd be like yeah they, and they move to this place and they discover there's these vampires that live like it wasn't even a you mean trying to pass off some shit right and the witch be like yo that's Lost Boys motherfucker what are you trying to do. What are you, 
What? Or that's the plot to Aliens. Do you think I'm a fool? Like, that would have been funny. That would have been fun. And that would have been something a kid would do. Something a kid would do. Right? If you can't... Yeah, try and be like, oh, motherfucker don't know this. I bet I could utilize this. Right? So there's that. There's a lot of... And it's something you see in stuff like this a lot of the times. Right? Where people will stand... Stand in shock, right? It's like, hey, if you drop this, a creature, bad creature is going to come out. Drop it. Instead of just stamping on it, it's let me just stand and watch this for a minute before anything hatches out and even when it starts there's still time but i'm still gonna just stand and stare stand and stare right which is just baffling it's baffling you're like wait what why the fuck are you doing hey so like there's these things that are going down it, it's just, it, it was kind of infuriating, to be honest with you, that, that was the big thing going through my head, I'm just like, yo, why the fuck are people doing this, like, I don't know if there's meant to be, but when you look at the two, Alex and Yasmina, there is a age gap, right, there's a clear age gap there, now, I don't know if they're meant to be the same age, right? And it's just, you know, these actors and blah, blah, blah. But from, the, from your perception as a viewer, you're like, yo, clearly she's older than him. But they do that thing where they have the girl take the lead from the guy. And you're just like, wait, what? No, 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 no. She's eight. Firstly, been in that situation longer, right? And if she's older, she's gonna be like, she's gonna have just street knowledge and life knowledge that he doesn't have. She'll be like, yo, 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 yo. This is what we need to do. Or, oh, trust me, I, I've been around adults longer than you. I know how they would react in this situation. But we don't get any of that. Just him having to save her. And you're just like, ugh, come on. And, and one thing was class is that classic thing they do, right? Where it's just like, hey, no, we ain't friends. We just this. And then someone does something that suddenly changes that person's mind. Be like, actually, you can call me by my nickname because we're friends. And you're like, what? Shut up, man. It takes longer for someone to make that jump, to be like, you know what, fuck it. Yeah, we're, we're cool, we're solid. Or even being like, yo, we're solid, but I still need to see a little bit more from, the, from you to be like, yeah, we're homies now, right? Then it, and, and so we get that, and it's just stupid. Right, we we never really see them change. Like you think, being in this situation, you would 
Like there's one bit where she's like Yasmin says to Alex You look terrible You've been up all night And he and he doesn't look any different <laughs> He doesn't look any different From any of the other times You just like You could make the kids look different Right You could make them look grubby You could make them look Ugh you know what I mean? So there's that Now Oh gosh What was the other There was one thing That I was just like Yo Say what What are we doing here You know Um Fuck My mind's gone blank My mind has gone blank man But uh Yeah I think There is meant to be this moment Of this The big revelation Why he can't write another story And it's just Oh yeah I remember now It's not crazy Right, it's it's one thing, and you just be like, whoa, 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 there would need to be more. There would need to be more for him to go in this spiral, right? If this was, you know, because like the because usually the first incident you would make excuses you would tell yourself no 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 obviously it's because you know double scheduling of blah, blah, blah. so you you would need at least two more two more rejections for you to then completely go off the rails right because the defense system for yourself is okay no there's a reason for this shit to happen you know what i mean but um yeah it's funny because it is just like hey I'm a freak, I mean, look at me, and it's just like, what, like, the kid's wearing a, a, like, a t-shirt, a shirt over the t-shirt, and then a denim, um, no-sleeve jacket, and you're just like, that's just a normal kid look, Right, that's just a normal kid look. There's nothing weird. He's like, I'm just a kid, like scary school stories, and no one else does. And you just be like, all right. Firstly, in a let's say a class of thirty, there's gonna be at least one more kid that likes scary stories. Let's be let's be honest. And then that you know, that class. That's not even a whole year. So there's going to be, when you factor in the other classes in that year group, it's going to be other kids that like the same thing. And then also, we're in the age of the motherfucking internet, right? So there's online book clubs and just, there's so much things. So this whole conceit that I'm the only one. I'm just like, yo, you would have to base this story in the 70s, 80s. For this to even kind of ring true, it, it's just as stupid. But it was just like, hey, I'm a freak, and it's just like, oh, shut up, <laughs> like shut up. You, you, you don't look any different. There's, there's nothing crazy about you. There is nothing, right? If you, we're being honest. You ain't you you wanna be like, alright, yeah, this kid's getting bullied because of then you have to give the viewer that thing. Because what you're giving us ain't believable. Ain't believable. Right? So there's a thing, right? I think all of this would possibly run true 
right? These crazy weird scenarios. They're gonna run through for a young kid. You know, what I mean? so like if if you've got like a four-year-old, five-year-old, maybe six, watching this shit. They might be fooled by it all. They might be like, oh my god, this is insane. Wow, no, the witch. Ah. Yeah, but I mean, an older kid ain't gonna buy this. You know what I mean? So I, I think if you've got younger children and they li- like scary stuff, and when I say scary, because this ain't scary, right? But you know. It's that tame scary that a four-year-old will be like, oh, my God, that is scary, but not too crazy to give them nightmares. You know what I mean? It's that. So I think the film is aimed at that age group. Anything older, they're going to be like, yo, this is a little lame. It's a little lame, man. You know what I mean? Because let's be honest, right? When you're a youngster, you're trying to watch those old films. You're trying to watch those eighteens. Yeah, you know I mean? so yeah, this this ain't gonna work for a ten year old, eleven, twelve. You know, but I think younger, and I'm saying in general, right? There's obviously the the few that will be like, yo, yeah, this is what this is great. But I'm saying, in general, this is going for a a younger age group, you know, because acting wise, like no one's really selling fear, you know, no that the 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 bit that's meant to be all sad, it doesn't really ring true, you know. But they're kids, so I'm a bit like you. You can give kids a buy because they're young, so you're not gonna get them those, you know. Denzel Washington-esque performances You know what I mean But uh, yeah If you've got young kids That you know Don't get nightmares too crazy Then I'd say yo this is for them This is for them Anyone older probably not But hey maybe Maybe you're, 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 you're Real good at You know Dispelling your belief and all of that jazz. If so, yeah, you might get a kick out of it. But Nightbooks, it is out on Netflix as of today. Okay, people. So, I went and did it as promised. Just checked out. Um, What's the official title? It's uh, Shang-Chi. And the Legend of the Ten Rings. So, man, like, they've been talking about doing this film for a long-ass time, right? It, it's one of those ones, a bit similar to Black Panther, where it was, you know, talked about back in the early 2000s, you know? Um... Gosh, I I forget the actor. I think it was uh, Ray Park. I bel- I think it was something like Ray Park, who they were kind of considering for the role back in the day. I forget. Um, but yeah, I remember they were talking about, but it just went dead, which is good, <laughs> right? It was definitely a. There's a lot of films got talked about. You know, like Neymar and just all of these things. And you're just like, oh, I don't know if we're ready for these, man. 
And um, yeah, so a, a lot of things just kind of went on the back burner. But when it was announced, right, it was like, oh, okay, okay, how are they going to do this? What's going to happen? Um, so I was very interested, and especially because, you know, this is part of phase four, right, which, um, yeah, phase four, yeah, I mean, we had Black Widow, I forget if the last Spider-Man film was phase four, or still phase three, but, you know what I mean, this is early days, and how, how's everything gonna build, right, because, you know, the way all the previous films were connected and built upon, that was genius. That was genius. And we'd heard there was going to be a bit less um, connectivity, right? It, it wasn't going to be as intricate as previously um, we'd seen. So there was a lot of questions, a lot of questions also, this new phase, we were told we're going to get some lesser known characters, right, so I think a lot of people were just like, ah, you know, it is easy to sell um, Captain America for Hulk, like these sort of films, which it really isn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because when you think about it, people didn't really know those characters. But they definitely don't know characters like Chang Chi. And I'm talking about the general public. Because, you know, MC, MCU fans, you know, like Marvel Comics fans, right? If you're into the 616, as uh, it's sometimes referred to, you'll know who Chang chi is. Although... I like really he hasn't been as integral in things for a while. Now I have I'm so behind on shit. I don't know if um you know he he's more of a player right now. Right, I am so. I mean, I'm in a war of realms. <laughs> That's where I am right now, people. So I'm behind, right? But up until this point, it's not been huge. So, how would they bring this character to life? That was the big thing. And uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, people, they do it. They bring this motherfucker to life. I think one of the other things and the interesting things I, I do find about the Marvel films. A lot of times we got these, um, I'd say lesser known directors. And they're, they're, when I say lesser known directors, I, that's not a slight, right? I just mean, uh, you know, when, when you say, you know, a top film director, people will roll off like the Ridley Scott, Tony Scott, you know, Denis Villeneuve. Who's, you know, like Denny's is just breaking in, essentially. But, you know, Martin Scorsese, Francis Ford Coppola, right? Um, Inception, homie, 
Nolan, Christopher Nolan, right? They, 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 those are the things. So someone like Destin Daniel Creighton, he he's not a name that a load of you know unfamiliar people to um, you know films, right? Unless you're a big film buff, you might not know who that is. And I do like that. Right, that a lot of these films are given to these directors and they're allowed to bring a new voice to it because the films essentially they're all different, you know. Sometimes not like huge 180 differences, but they all have their different feels to them. So yeah, I'm, I was super interested, right? So as mentioned, this is directed by Destin Daniel Creighton, who, I mean, he directed the last film I saw of his was Just Mercy, right? And we talked about that uh, at last year's British Film um, London Film Festival, I believe it was last year's, which I mean, it was okay. Right, I I could definitely see how it would be maybe popular, but wasn't my thing. But even so, you could still see a a, a I mean, you could still see the talent within the film. Right, so um, yeah, he directed. He also came up with the story along with Dave Callahan. Right, and then they wrote the actual screenplay with. Andrew Lanham Right, so um, It's produced by Kevin Feige and Jonathan Schwartz Cinematography is William Pope, it's edited By Nat Sanders Um Elizabeth Elizabeth Ronald Harry Yoon Music is Joel P. West um, And our cast Woo! Our cast, people It is uh, it's pretty decent, right? So, Simu Lu He plays uh, Shang-Chi um, We also have Awak Awak Awakanafina Awaka. Awakanafina, hmm, Aquafina, I feel that's how you pronounce it, like there's a Q, but there's not a Q, Aquafina, she plays Katie, or Caddy, who's um, a friend of Shang's, uh, we have um, Menga Zhang, who plays Zhu Jialin, um, We've got Fala Shen, who plays Ying Li, who is, uh, yeah, Shang's mum. We've also got, um, oh gosh, I think there's so many people up in here. Uh, Tony Lang Who plays Zhang Wang Wu Right Who is uh, Yeah Shang's dad 
we also have um, Michelle Yu. She plays Ying Nan. Um, Florian Montoya plays Razor Fist. Who, uh, yeah, pretty badass character. And uh, the Wiffy, he does look a bit like Chris Hengeworth. Right, I'm. I'm looking. I realise it wasn't Hengeworth, but I'm looking and thinking you kind of look like Chris Hengeworth, but like bigger, and with a a blade for a fist. <laughs> um, boy, there's a few little other people like who who are uh, appear in the film, who I feel it's better for you to find out. Right, um, Andy Lee plays Death Dealer, who's a, a pretty badass kind of character, but we don't really see him like too hard in there, you know. Um, yeah, oh, a, a funny addition in the piece is uh, Zach Cherry, who uh, plays uh, I think it's Clev. Um, funny. This is a funny little addition to the piece. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, there's some great characters up in the piece, and as I said, there's a few people you'd be like, "Oh shit, nice." Yeah, you know, there, there, there's definitely some of them, right? So the gist of the film is this: martial arts master Shang Chi. Confronts the past he thought he left behind when he's drawn into the web of the mysterious Ten Rings organization. So, I think the Ten Rings, right? That it's an interesting one, right? This it, it ties this then into like Iron Man. Because remember, in the original Iron Man film. Back in the day, right? Which got everything started. The the Ten Rings were the people that kidnapped Tony Stark. So you have all of this. So, um, yeah, they, they do a good job of doing that. Um, we also get, right, references to the snap. Yeah. Like we get, and I like that where the the kind of tie into the universe. It's not just um. Hey, we saw Captain America do you know nothing crazy. It's just like little things are said, little things were acknowledged that let you understand this is a shared universe, right? And and, and so it creates that feel, which is cool. Now this opens up. With a bit of a history lesson, which is is decent, right? And you find out what the whole business of these ten rings are, and um, you know uh, some of the people up in the piece, right? Because I I think there's a lot here that you w- wouldn't know. So it's definitely an interesting look, right? To um, have these things introduced to us in a certain way So yeah, we, we find out about when it, 
Wemu, you know, Shang-Chi's father. And so we get that kind of, you know, get that kind of history, get to see some fun fights and some crazy effects at the very beginning. And then we meet his mum. <laughs> so we get some history. We then jump to 96, where he meets um, Wun Wu, meets the mum. And I think the way that story is told, gotta say, there's some biblical shit going down, right? <laughs> there's some biblical, because it's just like, Oh, and that's, uh, you know, that was the the last time I saw him before you were born. And be like, yo, 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 wait, what? <laughs> that ain't how babies are come. <laughs> babies don't come like that. Right? There's, a, there's another process which must have happened for you to pop out some sprogs, kid. <laughs> that was amusing. Um... But yeah, like they they did a nice little way of introducing these things, right? Introducing us to this world, right? We get to see all of these different effects and these these different kind of settings, and this is all up in the beginning. Now, the one thing I should point out: the the film. It is subtitled in places like the beginning, that this whole history and that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's all subtitled, which is a little crazy. Wasn't expecting that. Um, I mean, I could essentially make out what was happening. Right, it was pretty clear from the actions of you know what was going down, of you know what this story was. So that was you know a relief. Um, de- yeah, definitely a good look, but yeah, so we have all of this, and then after all this, we meet Shang and Carrie, right? And you know, I think it's all kind of framed, and there's a nice callback later on to a a dinner hang, right? Right, dinner drinks, you know, meh. but yeah, they're with friends. And it, it, it's kind of one of those awkward, irritating situations, you know, your friends, they're married, right, got their life in order, and then it's kind of a little condescending, you know what I mean, be like, oh, well, this is, this is me, what are you doing, hmm? So we have that, but it's used to, at the beginning, like, introduce us to Shang, or Sean, and Caddy. Right, which I think, yeah, that's done very well and it's fun, right? And I think one of the things we get is this very believable friendship, right? You believe in Sean and Caddy, and that's great, right? So we, we introduce to them and boom, we then get this... Incredible bus sequence Oh man The bus sequence is great Like the fight is incredible All the action It's great It's great And tied in Is some a little back and forth But not Spider-Man back and forth But it, it, it gives us This humility This sense of who Shang is 
you know, and how he's trying to protect his friends and everyone around there. So that's great. It's great. Um, so we, but this all leads us into this film, right? So from those events, take us global, right? Where we we first get a little insight into you know someone from another film. Which I've, I've yeah, I've watched it, I've been like, wait, isn't that oh shit, yeah, that is right, which interesting because it's now kinda connected to an upcoming film, right? But just that world, right, it, it opens it up to the greater universe. So we have all of this and it's building, building, and we you know, we're meeting new people and it's, I think we get this story that's very engrossing. Engrossing? I'm not sure. That, is that a word? I feel it is. But yeah, it's a great story. I'm, I'm di- I dug the story. I think it's very, you know, I think it's believable. Right? You've been like, yeah, no, I get it. I mean, I, I there was one thing about the... Um, you know, Shang leaving, not coming back, and it would have been interesting to find out why, right? I mean, you can definitely get the assumptions, and you can emphasize with the situation, right, and the constraints and everything, but to have him be like, yo, I wanted to, but I couldn't, or just why, that would have been interesting, you know, but yeah, it, it, it's... You know, taking us all over the place and, and we get to see these different elements And these different things And, oh man It is great And I think one of the fun things here Is with um, Wen, Wen Wu You know, he's Shang's dad You You see this character who is an arsehole, who is, you know, the bad guy, but there is nuance to it, right, and I think that's one of the big things, because the film, at its core, right, it it, it definitely has this look at different relationships, right, so father and son, son and mother, Right, that sibling connection, that friendship connection. Like we, we get to look at all of these. We get to look at like that that journey for redemption, that journey for self worth. Right? That I think there's definitely something that comes up about, you know, going for your goals and sometimes not. Right, sometimes holding back because you don't want to fail, or you know, thinking, "Well, I'm not good at this." Where, if you persevere, maybe, maybe you become good at it. Right, so all of these things are thrown into the mix, which I think definitely, I think it adds something to this film because, you know. As an action film, it's great fun. Right? It's great fun. But when you add this moral scaffolding to the piece, 
You know, when, when we add these these different bits and bobs, right? That's where the heart comes from, right? That, that That's where you feel this empathy for these characters. And you're like, oh, man, yeah, I, I get it. I understand. Or, you know, you, you look at them and be like, all right, yeah, the motivation for that makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, there is a bit where... um. You know, because we get a lot of flashbacks to young Shang You know, we see the training montage and all of this kind of thing But, you know, the things that his dad kind of got him to do And there's one kind of thing where you, you, you know I mean, there is regret But you do kind of be like, yeah, but I get it, right? I get it And I, I kind of do feel that it's good that when these things come up there, there isn't the judgment, right, there isn't that, now, I mean, I think we could have gone deeper into that, yeah, I mean, you definitely could have, but then also, on the flippy flip flip, right, we do have a, a, you know, a film that is, uh, gosh, what is this film, it's, um, just over two hours, right, it's 132 minutes, so, you know, you don't want to make it too heavy, I mean, when I say too heavy, I mean just too long, right, and just over two hours, to be honest with you, didn't notice it, didn't notice it, I was, you know, tied in all the way, tied in all the way, man, it was just... A fun ass ride. It was a fun ass ride, man. And, and I think one there's one big thing. Now, from what I knew of the character, I've never seen him with ten rings before. So that addition was intriguing. Was intriguing, and it it, it does work, right? It does work because. You also get this kind of, um, you know, this look for, this search for centeredness, 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 centering, centering, hmm, enlightenment, yeah, enlightenment, that's, that's, that's essentially what I'm trying to say, yeah, and, and that, the rings do serve as, as a, a nice little tool to show that representation, you know, within the film, but it's fun, right, even when we get, like, the magical creatures, and all of that, because I did see a poster with this thing on it, and I'm like, wait, there's something that doesn't look right, where's the, and, and yeah, then that, all of that is a, a dress in the piece, and, yeah, there's these mythical creatures up in here, but, I'm kind of like, I no, it works, I feel it, I feel it, 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 you know, because you do worry, right, I think when, when these kind of things appear, it's just like, ah, man, is this just, is this just an excuse for a toy, mm, is that what we're doing here, is that what we are doing, but, gotta say, yeah, it worked, worked, and I very much, Oh my days, I very much 
really enjoyed this tie-in to an older film. Oh, it was done so well, right? Like, there, there was definitely a fear it could have been corny. It could have been corny as fuck, but it was not. Oh, my gosh, it was handled extremely well. And I had no clue it was coming, which, again, I enjoyed, right? So don't don't go deep, right? If you want to go see this film, don't read too much because, you know, you don't want to ruin some of the fun surprises that you, you come across in this because it's great. There's, a, there's this thing... That happens and damn it's fun. It's great. And it it doesn't feel played out, right? It it's when in the film for a, a, you know, they tie it into the film all the way through essentially. And it works. It works. Oh bad people. So yes. If you um if you're a fan of the MCU, man, and who isn't? Who isn't right? Then uh, yeah, you will want to uh, you'll want to go check this out. And I will warn you, right? There are two end of credit sequences. One, right, pretty much early on, and the last one, the second one. Yeah, because there's two. So yeah, you know, one and then the other. Yeah, it's at the literally. It's at the very very end. Now, it's not necessarily essential, but it is a nice little, ooh, okay, you know, okay, where are they going to take that? It's one of those ones. So, although I will say it's not maybe necessary, it's fun, right? It, It makes you Think it opens up the doors for questions. So uh yeah, people, I enjoyed the heck out of this. I really did. And all the little add-ons, the additions, right? The tie-ins makes you wonder. It makes you wonder about what's next. Oh, it does, it does indeed. And not just for the films in which this ties into, but for the characters, right, because I, I thoroughly enjoy Chang-Chi, Katie and all them other peoples, so I want to find, I mean, I'm there for the next installment, I'm definitely there for the next installment, so, uh, yes, another hit out the park for, uh, for Mars, Mar, Marvel, Marvel and Disney people, yeah. If you're a fan, then you will not want to miss Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Boom. So a few weeks back, I saw um, Kate. You know what I mean? It's this new film coming to Netflix, like an action film, and. It sounded intriguing, and I couldn't think of who the main chick was, right? It was bugging the hell out of me, because I recognised her, and I couldn't think of, yo, who the fuck is it? Who is it? 
And um, yeah, so film's now out. I checked it. It's Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I was like, yo, okay, yes. I see it now. I see it. But um, yeah, Kate is on Netflix, right? It's directed by Cedric Nicholas Troyan, a French director. Um, and it's written by Umar Aline. Uh, the film is produced by David Leitch. I feel that's how you pronounce it, but I might be wrong. Um, his wife, Kelly McCormick, Brian Unk- Unkiles, and Patrick Newell. Cinematography is Lyle Vincent. It's edited by Sandra Montiel. And Elizabeth Rondalzaditz. Music is from Nathan Barr. Um, yo, we also get up in the piece. Um, oh gosh, it was a, a Japanese um group. Oh gosh, what are they called again? Um, I think it's like Bad Puppy. I feel that's very wrong. <laughs> I don't think it's bad, Puffy. Jesus Christ, what is the name of this? Um, fuck. It's one of them. Is you know, what I mean, it's not the one that everyone knows. You know what I mean? Like, is it Baby Metal? It's not Baby Metal. Definitely not them. Um. Uh, it's gonna bug the for fuck out. Band made. Bandmade, that's it. They're, yes, they're up in the piece. Um, with the music. Whew. Man, <laughs> my memory is short. But, um, yeah, where did I get to? Uh, okay, yes, and the cast. It's got a pretty good cast. Um, now, Mary, as I said, Mary Elizabeth Winstead plays Kate. Um, also, younger versions of her are played by Amelia Crouch, Ava Carifilis, and um, Gemma Brooke-Allen. We've got Woody Harrelson as her handler, mentor, Varick. Uh, we've got Miko Martineau as Annie. We have Tadanabu Asano. As Renji, Yun Kumura as Kijma, uh, Mikil Husman as Steven, May Mayavi as Jojma, and Kazuya Tanaba as Shinzo. So, um, the gist of the story is this. Okay, so, um, Kate, an assassin whose mentor and handler assigns her to kill a high-ranking Yuzaka boss. During Kate's final mission, she finds out 
that she has been poisoned and only has 24 hours to live. So she uses her last hours to get revenge and find out who set her up. I mean, right? As a gist for a story, that's not bad. I mean, like high stakes. So you know there's going to be action. You know it's not ending well. Right? There's a lot playing with this. So, it's all in the execution. Now, I do believe there's been a couple of films with, like, a similar kind of gist. Someone's got a certain period of time to do it. I mean, there were... And I think they did die at the end as well. I know there's also Crank, right? Starring um, Jason Statham. Uh, where he's been injected with a poison and he's trying to find the cure and yes, he gets the cure, right? Because we know there's a crank two. I forget if there was a crank three. Crank two was not good though. Like crank, it sounded insane, but crank was actually, I enjoyed it. <laughs> but yeah, two was just bad. Um, anyway. So yeah, there's it's not quite an original concept, but it's definitely it's fertile soil, right? There's a lot to play around with, but that means there's a lot laying on everyone involved to sell this thing to us, right? And as I said, look, I enjoy Mary Elizabeth Winstead. You know, I think Scott Pilgrim, whew, Scott, I, Scott Pilgrim is fantastic. You know, I mean, she is great in that. You know, um, trying to think of some other shit that I I, I see her in. Um, I mean, because yeah, she she's, yeah, I mean, she's really started to uh, blow up, as it were. You know, what I mean. Um. Yeah, Ten Cloverfield Lane. You know what I mean? She she's she's been out there doing her thing, right? She had a big part in um, Birds of Prey. I heard she was very good in that. I never saw it, but yeah, I heard she's um very good in it. And um, you know, it's funny because she's a bit like uh. Oh my day, Zoe Deschanel Right, kind of She's in a band, Zoe Deschanel's In a band, you know So there's some, I feel there's Like some kind of parallels And all of that But, yeah I've, I've enjoyed Her performances And you can see the fact that She's grown But Now there's a big But Involved Because you know she was in uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer Which was treacherous trash And I think that's You know a good day You know that Die Hard film A Good Day to Die Hard Like there was some terrible shit In that film You know what I mean Like yippee ki And then they You know what I mean They don't follow There was a lot that was just Ugh. It was action, but she doesn't kick ass. She's not like 
a badass assassin. So it's kind of like, can we believe her as this character? Because that's where this film will live or die. If you can't believe Kate, then the whole film is done. It's done before it's out the gate. You know what I mean? That's the problem. And people, got to say, yeah, believe it. Yes, you do. Yeah, she does a, 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 a really good performance, man. Really good performance. Now, the film opens up, right? And um, she's uh, talking with Varric, right? And at the, in the very beginning, we are kind of told a few key facts, right, that she, you know what I mean, she views Varric as a father figure, you know what I mean, also, like, we get the, I never miss, right, so, okay, she's a badass, you know what I mean, shot, we see the athleticism, like, we're told a lot of stuff, you know, at the very start, and we sort of see her pull off some things, and you're like, okay, okay, right, she's a badass, she's good, she's meant to be good, right, and, um, so that goes off, then, right, she, she goes to another one, and, um, yeah, problem is, the dude she has to kill, his daughter is with her, and, so straight away, we see this hesitance in doing this thing, you know what I mean, so we understand as well, right, there's a code, there's an ethic, but she's pushed into doing this thing, right, so she follows orders, but, you know what I mean, that that creates a thing, right, so we do this, we then jump forward 10 months, jump forward 10 months, you know, she, she's voiced her concerns, she kind of wants out, right, she, she just didn't want to do this thing, and it all stems in the past, right, but things happen, and she gets poisoned, right, it's in the synopsis, that's not spoiling anything, people, so she gets poisoned, and... What I really liked, because, you know, as mentioned, you know, I mean, the, 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 we can see there's the, the father figure kind of thing with her and Varric. But it's like, okay, so, but why? Right? Because obviously we know that's not her dad. But, you know, what's the deal? What's the deal? And so we we get a lot of that backstory. We, we, we you know what I mean, we've tied into all of this with a lot of flashbacks and I did like the way that it kind of you got brought up to speed within these moments of lucid dreaming due to the poison I thought that was a smart way of doing it and it didn't then bog the film down you mean you, you didn't have to watch a load of stuff with her or whatever, the little kid and the problems and the things and the blah, blah, blah. No. Did it all with a few little flashbacks. Boom, boom, boom. Nice. Right? So we, we then get this thing. Now, 
<laughs> there is a thing, right? And it, you're kind of thinking, okay, so the film could go in a couple of directions right now, right? How are they going to do this? And I was like, okay, please do not do the thing. Do not do the thing that we have seen, right? That was the big thing. So the film moves on and... I have to say, right, because you, you're thinking to yourself, all right, how does then Annie play into this? You know, the girl of the dude that she killed, right? How does she play into this? How does she get involved, right? Because, listen, if Kate did this heinous thing, we have to move forward in a way that makes sense, right? And, yo, we did. We really did, right? You're, you're watching all the things come about, and it's like, all right, no, this is believable. I understand. I get it. All right? Yeah, no, I'm in. I am in on this story. You know? And I feel what was great, because, you know, I think being a great sniper is one thing, but what's the hand-to-hand like? You know what I mean? Because I think fight scenes are very important in a film like this. And I think the good thing about it, David Litch, you know what I mean? He, he's, he, um, he's down with Chad. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the surname. Uh, but they worked on the John Wick films. You know what I mean? He then went off and did Atomic Blonde. Meh. Um, Deadpool 2. Meh. But, you know, he, he's been messing around in that field. So, But we know he's down with the action. And we get some great action in the film. The fights. And the, the great thing about the fights. The thing I liked was the fact they didn't try and make her this invincible machine. Right? Because she's been poisoned. And all of that is factored in. And throughout the film... Right, and this was one of the things I really enjoyed about the um the, the Marvel stuff on Netflix was you saw the collateral damage. Yeah, you know I mean, so as the time went on, and obviously the poison is getting further and further in the system, we are seeing the effects of this in her fighting. Right, so everything's moving. You're like, oh shit, okay, okay. They do pull. A few little, I wouldn't say they're misdirects, but it's all about perception, right? So the, we meet a few people and you're thinking, oh, that's going to be a pushover or that's going to go in a certain way. And it does not. <laughs> it does not. But again, in these things, they make sense, right? Because if you're fucking around in the Azuka world, obviously... There's going to be knowledge and there's going to be things, right? And all of this does fit into the film. So you're like, okay, nice. And I thought, you know, another thing that was really good, and it's, I have to be careful of how I break this down, right? So now there's stuff in films when a characters get things, right? And they've got no experience, but suddenly they're using these things perfectly and everything. We don't get that with this, right? And there's, a, there's like a couple of incidents in the film. And the way 
it happens. Yeah, yes, of course, that would make sense that you're going to fuck up, right? And then even at the end, this thing happens, right? And you're thinking, all right, that should be it. But the fact that it wasn't, it's still believable because you have to think to yourself, it's only the second time sure is done that. Right, so obviously, yeah, you you know what I mean, it's not going to be a perfect, right, so you're like, okay, yes, you know what I mean, it it, it was fought into it, even though, right, I'm not going to say this is going to be an Oscar winning film, right, it's not the script to outshine all scripts, but it works, you know, you believe in these characters, and that was a great thing, right, the characterization and all of that, you do believe it, and I really liked the fact that on a base level, you can look at Kate and you can look at Annie as one thing, but then it's clear there is this deeper, there's this deeper depth Hey, that's probably not even a good... That's not a good sentence, is it? A deeper depth. I mean, depth is deep, so deeper isn't really needed in front of that. But fuck it. That's what we're doing, people. That's what we're doing. There's a deeper depth. You know what I mean? Because you could see that Annie, she really wants love, right? She she doesn't know who she is. You know what I mean? She, she's living in this fantasy of... What could have been, what must have been to protect herself from the reality of not knowing. You know what I mean? So, and in that, it makes her connection with Kate believable. You know what I mean? You could understand the yearning and why you would reach out, right? Why would you want to put yourself with this person? And then with Kate, with the flashbacks and the things that we find out, you understand that, yeah, there was nothing, right? There was nothing. And then when she sees certain things, when certain things transition in the film, you can understand why she's like, all right, fine. Let's do this thing. And then there's a kinship. You know, there's a, there's a kinship with Annie, and and a want to protect, right? And all of this, it does make sense. You're like, oh yeah, no doubt, man, no doubt. I what I really loved to be is you know the film being set in Tokyo, so there's certain things that you kind of feel is kind of synonymous with Tokyo, neon lights, right? The the kind of crazy nature of things like you know the Caro the Hello Kitty influence anime kind of characteristics and all of that. Now there's definitely more to Tokyo than those things, obviously, people. But those are things that you do think about, and those things are utilized in the film, especially the neon and. It, we get some great scenes with, you know, the reflections on puddles. 
you know, like these alleyways with just the neon lighting things up. It really adds this dimension to the film, right? And brings this kind of unique flavor to a lot of the scenes, which otherwise could be meh, you know, seen that, been there, done that, right? So, like, the way they handled the cinematography, the way they handled the lighting, right, the way they framed up this stuff, it, it really works, it really adds something to the film, and then you have, you know, the, 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 the effects of the poison and the way they try and bring that to us, you know, it's done very well, it's done very well, right, now I will say, <laughs> the kind of the ending, uh, it was frustrating, there was an element of frustration with the end and the direction they went in, right, because you do feel, I have seen that before, but there are then elements in the build up to the end that are handled very well. You know, like the fight scenes, right? And when you think about these fight scenes and say the the you know the the, the fight scenes at the very end of the film, especially, right? It's it, it it makes you think what makes a good fight scene, right? Remember, you know, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. How good that was because of the way it's been cut, the the conversations in between, the tension, the pauses, the silence, all of that, it makes it work. You know, like Indiana Jones and why then, like the Darth Maul fight against, uh, you know, Obi-Wan, the young Obi-Wan, Ewan McGregor, was so rubbish. Right, so there's a big fight scene in this. Oh man, and it's so good. Right, the way it works, the you know the braggadocious, the talking, the taunting, and then you know everything that then goes down, and you're like, oh shit, nice. Yeah, you know I mean it is. It's not an a dragged out scene, but it works so well. Right, so when you take all of this stuff. You know, the, uh, you know, and the performances from Harrelson, you know, from Winstead, from um, ugh, it's it's trying to pronounce these names right, from uh, let's say Miku, right, from Asano, and Kunamara, right. These are fantastic performances, so. From a uh, from a film that with the way it you know the direction they did take it in, you know some of the turn say did bring you. Like on one hand, they mm, was a disappointment, right? But with the with the performances, with the cinematography, the music, all of this stops the film from just being a meh. Film, right, and it and it still maintains it as being extremely enjoyable. So yeah, I I did enjoy the film, very much enjoyed the film, right. So if you like stuff like Dread, um, 
you know, if you like John Wick, then I, I, I will definitely say, I think you will enjoy Kate, right, I think, if you liked Lucy, right, because I enjoyed the beginning of Lucy, it then got a little bit too off the rails towards the end, but if you liked that, then you'll like this, I think this is better for, I enjoyed this more than um, Atomic Blonde, you know what I mean, so, but yeah, if you like all of those things, people, watch Kate, I do not feel you'll be disappointed, you know what I mean, great performances, cinematography, all that jazz, yeah, it's a good one, people. It's a good one. Hey, yo, people, man. How many times have you watched a film that was good, right? But you then think, I can't ever watch this film again. You know what I mean? Like, I have only ever seen American History X once. It was a really good film. But... God damn, there's just stuff in that film that was so hard to fucking watch, again, like Hard Candy, you know, the, um, oh, I forget who the guy was, but the girl was, huh, I mean, it was Ellen Page before she became Elliot Page, right, so, I'm not quite sure what you would say in that regard, you know what I mean, but yes, it it was that, and it was such a good film, but again, man, I, I can't watch that again, you know what I mean, but I think it's a mark of a good film, you know, where it's uncomfortable, but just, man, it, it just makes you think about those topics, Right, and um, yeah, I think I watched another one of those films. Right, so it's funny now, like, um, a lot of the screenings because the last year and a half it's just digital screeners, that's what we've been living off of. But uh, over the last few couple of months, there's been a few in person screenings, right? So it's back to that. Some of the smaller screening rooms, you forget where the fuck they are. Right? I got so I went to go see a film today. Got lost. Got lost. I couldn't remember where the hell the screening room was. It's crazy. So um I ended up missing the very beginning. But you could easily get into it. Now I haven't even said what the film so the film was called Small World, right? And I nearly didn't go. Because it's a Polish film, and I, I wanted to know, you know what I mean, because I won't be able to see the subtitles, right, so it's just like, what what's the breakdown here, is it more English than Polish, or like, what's the deal, so I was told one thing, I'm not quite sure if it was exactly correct, um, <laughs> and I have to say, I I was a bit like, god damn it at the start, because it was all subtitles. It was all subtitles for the first half of the film, people. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we persevered and got through. So this film, Small World, it is directed by Patrick Vega. 
I feel, I feel there's you know it's Polish, so I I, I feel you pronounce it Patrick. I feel because it's P A T R Y K, you know. But look, we're gonna say Patrick Vega. He co-wrote it with Olaf Oskowski. Um, it was produced. Okay. It was um, produced by Vega and Arthur Zag- Zaija. Uh, music is from uh, Lucas Targuza. Cinematography is Norbert Modrejewski. It's edited by Tomas Widarski. Production design is Aniko Kiss. Costume design is Malgotza Bednurkak. Um, yeah. Our cast. Well, we've got, um, let's have a look. Our, our main character, Robert Glock, he is played by Peter Adamank. Um, we then have uh, Oleg, is played by Andreas Kies. Uh, we have John, played by Enrique Arce. Um, the police commander is Jim Conway. Uh, so we have Jane played by Sally Day Stephanie she's in the English part of the film uh, she's played by Katie Galastar uh, have Tania played by Anastasia Mikulkunia. Uh Jasmina is played by Montserrat Roche de Pouc. Ola is played by Julia Winawa Nawisk, and uh, she's like the main girl, right? She's the girl that's being tracked down. A younger Ola is played by Jessica Sarah Wutenko. At Marta. Who is played by uh, Marietta Zuguaska. And there's a whole heap of other people with um, a whole heap of other very difficult names. That I'm going to struggle to pronounce. But yeah, because you know, it's essentially um, two harps. You know, a part that's set in Poland. And then... um, you know, another part that's set in the UK. Uh, but, okay, so what is this film about? Well, I will give you the gist, right? Um, after disappearing from a small Polish town, a mother discovers her four-year-old daughter, Ola, has been abducted by the Russian Mafia. In pursuit of her daughter, she is stopped for speeding by poli- uh, by a police officer, Robert Gook. 
His intervention results in the escape of the kidnappers across the eastern border. Feeling guilty for failing to prevent the abduction, Robert becomes engaged in an international investigation to find the missing girl. So, uh, yeah. I mean, ugh. Imagine that, right? Just stopping someone and then, you know, be like, yo, why are we speeding? And she's like, so, so, so people have kidnapped my daughter. And you'd be like, oh, fuck. Right, it's kind of crazy. So, um, yeah, I, I, I came in, and um, you know, they're they're trying to track down some stuff. Like, there's a, there was a lot going on, and it's all in Polish. It's all in subtitles. But I will say, you could follow the the gist of the film. Although at first, there's one guy. There's you see a guy, and he's got a group of kids with him. Right, and you think it's like, you know, I thought, oh, this dude is protecting these kids. God damn, right, he's just trying to keep these kids safe. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> he was not a good guy. Right, but um, yeah, so we're seeing all of this, and it's all part of this smuggling ring. You know, so like just from the the tone of the conversations, you you know, is slowly able to grasp an understanding of, you know, kind of what's going down. You know, like you lost a lot of the nuance. Like there's bits where um a guy's in police custody, but you know the the the, the chief of the police. I feel they're in Germany at this point. And he's corrupt, so they let the guy go, you know, and you could see um, that the guy's corrupt, you know, from the conversations and then everything, so it was just like, ooh, oh my days, no, one of the crazy things was though, and because this film is set in a few different countries, you were able to see the difference in the policing, and the difference in the policing was... Crazy, you know, being interrogated in the German Polish cells. I mean, <laughs> they're not holding back, right? A slap round the face if you tell a lie, you know, what I mean, that's nothing, but yeah, then when you see it, you know, and, and the people in custody, they're not, you know, what I mean, they, they might be lying, but they're not kind of trying to be fresh. You get to the pr- the British prisons, like you know, police system, and you got the you know the the prisoners talking back, being all cocky, and the, you know the police they're just standing there trying to ask questions. You could see the guy being like, "God damn it, I can't hit the woman. If it, if it was back in my spot, I'd just smack her and get the truth." Fuck. So it's, it's you know that was it was interesting, you know, um. I think one big thing about this film, it really explored the issues in a way that I don't think I've seen before. You know, like, look, we've seen so many films about trafficking and, you know, that sort of thing. But not to this extent, right? I mean, a big one would be Taken. 
You know, that, that, that's a big one. And especially because, you know, there's three of them and all of that. But I think the big thing with Taken was... 96 hours, you know what I mean? And he turns it around in essentially, you know, three and a half days. <laughs> Which you just... When you think about the magnitude of the task... That's not happening. And for, like, the fact that he... There was points in the film where the evidence had dried up. You know, the witnesses were dead. And it was just like, oh, how are we going to find that? And then it's just like, oh, whoa. And you're just like, nah, it ain't that easy, man. It ain't that easy. You know, because these things... There's infrastructure. Right? It's a system, there's pipelines So they're concealing it, they're bribing people It's hard to break You know what I mean? So today be like, oh yeah, it happens in 96 hours You're like, mm, I don't know about that man I don't know about that Now listen, I understand It's for the film, it may, you know, it adds that tension Makes it, you know, but Yeah so this film it does it a lot different a lot different which you are then like oh man because the tension is there right because they're taking their time with it they're not trying to make it seem like this hollywood actioner right everything that you witness feels real yeah, and I thought that was very powerful and very uncomfortable, you know, because we're seeing these little kids, you know, like because you know, as as mentioned, she she's four at the beginning, so you know we're seeing all these little kids, but as the search goes on, you know, years are going by, right? Years are going by. And, like, there's a scene where they, you know, find a box full of videos and photos, DVDs, you know, hard drives. And you just have this scene where they're having to watch. And it's just like, oh, man. Just... How rough that would be, and you could kind of see the the strain of it all, right? And that was at the beginning. You know what I mean? That was at the beginning, but right, there was a they were able to obtain this information from the video. So that's the thing. So you have to watch the video. Because there is evidence, there are clues, but it's just like, oh, who who wants to do that? Who wants to do that? But I thought was that what was really interesting, and uh, you know, as mentioned, something that I hadn't really seen before. Right now, maybe it's been covered in some other films, TV, because you know. I I don't watch you know, it's not a, a, a subject of film and TV that I'm like, oh, 
cool. Another another action uh, uh, about paedophilia. Ah, oh, sign me up, right? It's not a subject that you you know gravitate to. But the the thing that I thought was interesting was that this film, Small World, it dealt with the repercussions, right, of be, having to immerse yourself in this world, right? What happens to you as a person, right, as a person trying to fight it all, right, trying to find someone, so having to, you know, go undercover, having to go into this filth, what scars does that leave on your soul, you know, because I, I remember back in the, oh gosh, I feel this was films in the 80s, um, in too deep, right, no, actually, it was not in too deep, it was, oh gosh, it was another film with, um, Jeff Goldblum and fuck, I forget it might have been Denzel, you know. Um, oh no, actually, well, no, I tell like it was in too deep with Omar Epps, Neil Long, and um, yeah, he's just like, yo, I I need help. I'm becoming the thing that I'm fighting. I'm, I've been in this too long. You know what I mean? I've been in this too long. Right? And that's, you know, one thing that you see in films, TV, the police informant. Right? The, the, you know, the guy's gone undercover into the mafia or whatever sort of gang. And now he's kind of been acting like a mafioso or something. Right, because he's been undercover for so long, you know it. It leaves an impression on you. So, what happens when you mess around in this seedy, nasty, foul world of paedophilia? Right, and that's what this film does. It it gives you that, and it's oh man, it it is bad, right. But you're watching, you make so much sense. Oh my days, it makes so much sense. And then also, right, so you have this thing, but you then also have, um, like, the way people react to that. Right? And we saw a couple of different people, you know, react to those questions and the way they did it. Which was very interesting. Very interesting. Especially one of the medical responses. So you just be like, um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about that. You ain't been very helpful. Let's just say that. Right? But, man, that, that was the thing. This film went to some dark places. Went to some real dark places. You know, also looking at the fact of, right, when these girls have had to, you know, try and survive in this world, 
they then start to act in a way, you know, and you think, wait, wait, what, what the fuck is she doing? But you, you think about it, right? They, they're in that. They get beaten. They're raped. They're just. It's just like, how do you survive? The way you survive, you you have to do what they say, right? And you just start to. You're on auto drive, and so you're seeing these girls, and it's just, right? Just oh, creepy as fuck. Creepy. But you're like, yeah, of course, that's what would happen. You know, and it's weird because. The, some of the acting, right, some of the acting from the kids isn't the best, you know, it's not great acting by any, you know, feet or bound, but here's the thing, because it's, a, the acting is a little off, it works, right, because you have the girls talking in a certain weird cadence and way, right, Acting in a weird way And It it kind of Reflects that Oh I'm a husk Now Right I'm on autopilot That's the feel that you get From it You know which just is like Just adds that creepiness To it And it's just like We're watching this fight For survival you know, there's some really good performances here, um, especially, right, I, I, you, you've got to definitely say, especially from Pitor Adamansky, right, the, the way he plays Gok is just, oh man, because, you know, we see this guy just trying to fix something that he feels that he's to blame for. Right, he's to blame for this little girl being taken away. Although he, he's not, but he's blaming himself for that. And so we see this relentless search, and he gives us right, he, he gives us this whole repertoire, you know. So we're seeing the like disgust. Of having to, you know, watch and be in this world, right, the frustration, the, I was so close, right, there's on a few occasions, he's so close, right, so we see all of this, and then, as the years go by, because, as I said, look, this isn't like Taken, where it's all fixed and solved in a few days, no, 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 like essentially he's um yeah I, I I think it's like twelve years right it, it spans like twelve thirteen years so he's been in deep and we get to just see all of that so it's just like the way the film ends it's it makes so much sense, like, there's this satisfactory kind of, be like, okay, but there's this sadness around it, but it all, it really does make sense, when you think about everything that's happened, and especially, there is a moment towards the end of the film, which just, 
Oh, it's so, so creepy. Because the way it all goes down, you think, right, that, oh, right, that it's done like that because trying to avoid a situation. But then you're like, oh, fuck, no. It was to try and instigate. And it's just like, oh, my God. God, and once you see it, you're just then like, wait, yeah, how often does that shit happen, like, that could happen, that could happen in the real world, and it must have happened in the real world, for them to realise, oh, let's have this this scene, right, and so it just makes you, your blood go cold, you're just, like, there was a good few moments in this film where you just gasp, Right where you just gasp, and then there's um like I I speaking to a guy because there's a few moments in the film where there's a one of the guys in the screening one of the journalists right he he laughs but it's that you know what I mean that uncomfortable laughter and I spoke to him afterwards and he was just then I just felt I didn't know what to do right so when something was first said it just seemed like oh that must be a joke and I laughed and then I realized it wasn't a joke and I'm just like oh I can't laugh what am I doing and you're just like yeah because it catches you the film catches you and messes you up man it really does it's such a powerful film that deals with this subject matter in a a really honest way. That's how you feel. It's kind of a real honest way. And yes, they they want to give you these these moments, you know, because you're like, you're in it, right? So it's to... <laughs> you know what I mean? Put an audience through all of this. You gotta tr- think. I, I gotta give them something, but it it can't be light taken. It can't be ridiculous, right? Everything has to make sense, and it really does. Even those moments of you're just like, wait, why is the girls doing that? And you think, yo, it's Stockholm syndrome, man. Like we know it's a thing. And if you're, there's no escape, of course, you're going to do these things. So you're, it's just, oh man, it's insane. It's insane. But yeah, it's one of those films that I will not watch again. You know what I mean? Because it's just so dark. Right? But you gotta respect the, the powerful nature of the film. So, uh, yeah. I mean, Vega has done a really good job of telling a story, but not sensationalizing it. You know, there's not scenes where you see sex or nudity. Like, they're not trying to, you know, be like, look at this. Look how edgy we are. No, it's a film about a horrific subject. Something that goes on. You know, we get some facts in the film about, you know, the slave trade. And how many people are getting, you know... Brought into it And it is just Ugh It's sickening man It really is But you you see Everything Yeah as I said Look everything makes sense 
everything makes sense. You know, because you understand the corruption and everything like that. So yeah, this is it's crazy. It's crazy. We get some really good performances from the adults. You know what I mean? Like the madam, the photographer, like just oh man, it's all there, man. It's all there. So small world people, it hits the big screens, right? It's playing in the cinema from Friday. Okay, so if you want to see a a, a film that will whew, just make you think and really look at this subject in such a different way, right? Small World, it will be in the cinemas starting on the 17th of September. So uh, yeah, there's a go to um the inf- you know the links in the information right. So if you click on the website, you'll be able to find out what cinemas in your area are screening it. Okay, so there you go, people. Small world. <laughs> Okay, so people, we have reached that time Coming to a close of another episode But before we do, let's take a look And see what's happening in the world of film So, um, yeah, there's a new feature from uh, Universal Pictures Right, so um, it's getting written by Jen D'Angelo and um, um, oh, what's his name? Sam Richardson, right? Um, and it is called Stranded Assets. It's starring Chris Pratt and Sam Richardson. So yeah, he's making double the dime on this one. So uh, yeah, there's no. Story details at the moment They're keeping them tight to the chest But it is said To be a uh, Action comedy So yes That is coming Um, So you know I I feel we knew about this From last year They were talking about it But uh, yeah you know, Warner Brothers is remaking The Bodyguard. You know, that, uh, gosh, what was it? The 90s, I think this one came out. Kevin Costner, Whitney Houston. It was huge. Right? So, um, yes, they're, they're remaking it. And um, Matthew Lopez has just come on board to uh, write the script. Okay, so... Um, yeah, there's no cast attached to the film as of yet. But Lawrence Castan, Dan Lin, and Jonathan Elrich are producing the piece. Yeah, no director either as of yet. Um, so, uh, you know, we know that uh, also at Warner Brothers, they are doing a prequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory called Old Wonka which, you know, 
and if someone doesn't deface any of the promotional info and put a, a little stroke on that O and turn it into an A, I would be surprised, people. But Timothy Chalamet is going to be playing the young Willy Wonka, and um, Michael Keegan Michael K has also just joined the cast. Right, so um, yeah, I don't actually know which who uh, Key will be playing. I don't think that news is really out there. Um, you know, what I mean? but we do know that uh, Paul King is directing the piece. So uh, there you go, people. There you go. Um, we'll have to wait to uh, find out more on that one. Now, this doesn't surprise me, right? Because I feel it is kind of the norm these days, right? But um, Disney, you know, they are, um, you know, doing giving a remake to um, Flight of the Navigator. Which I know a lot of my friends like that film. I hated it. <laughs> I really hated that film. Um, but yeah, it is getting remade, and um, they will be doing the very original thing of changing the gender of the the kid who um, kind of you know what I mean gets it all popping because the original film was about a a boy who travels eight years into the future and has an adventure with an intelligent wisecracking alien ship right so in this one it'll be a girl doing the same thing which is absolutely fine it's just not really news <laughs> you know what I mean it's just like yeah, we, we do. this is happening all the time now man but um yeah I don't know we'll, we'll see what happens we do know that Bryce Dallas Howard is down to direct and produce this one so we will see so it's been talked about for ages but it looks like they are doing a sequel to Twins and um, this one is you know I think it was joked about but yeah they will be calling it triplets right um, so we're having um, Schwarzenegger and DeVito come back and Tracy Morgan is also um, involved in the piece you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It will, uh, it, I, I imagine he's going to be coming on board as a supposed other brother to um, Julian and Vincent. So, uh, yes, we will see what happens with that one. The script is being written by Dylan Dawson and Lucas Kavner. Right, Ivan Retman is going to be uh, directing it. Right, so there you go, people. Um, now, 
There was a lot of buzz and talk about Christopher Nolan's new film, right? Which is about Robert Oppenheimer. And I mean, if you don't, like, I'd be surprised if people don't know who the fuck Oppenheimer is. You know what I mean? Like Manhattan Project, the atomic bomb, all of that jazz. You know what I mean? And he he did that um famous quote from the Babangida. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, so there was a bidding war for this film, and it looks like Universal Pictures have won the rights to it. You know? Um. So yeah, uh, there you go. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, it's gonna be his first film up post um, Warner Brothers, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with it. Um, I think some of the big stuff was about um, having a release, a huge, he wants a big release window for the film, so uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's see what happens with it all. Um, now, as we draw to a close, we'll end on a couple of these. So, uh, yeah, Laika. I think it's pronounced Laika. L-A-I-K-A. Right? The new big studio, animated studio, right? Who have produced some very, uh, you know, well-received pieces. Um, yeah, they've ju- they've just set Wild Wood as their next piece, right? It's gonna be a CGI, CG, um, animation, like original animation hybrid, uh, and it's an ad- adaptation of um, a a story from. Colin Melly, who is, you know, the lead singer of the Decemberists, right, so it's set in Portland and follows Prue McKeel, who enters an enchanted wonderland when her baby brother Mark is taken by a murderer of crows, a murderer of crows into the forest. Hmm. I mean, it is kind of labyrinthy, but hey ho. You know? um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens with it. Right, so um, Caleb Dishno is going to be dir- um, director of photography. Um, and Arena Satna is producing it. So yeah, oh man, we'll see what happens. But you know, as I said, look, they they did Cooper and the Two Strings, um, Caroline. Yeah, I mean, they they've had some good stuff. So uh, yeah, it's a decent studio, and um, yeah, I think that's it, people. I think we are done. But we will be back next week with more films and goodness. So stay tuned for that one. And remember, we did we did an episode earlier in the week, right? We looked at um, what did we look at? 
fuck? I cannot even remember. We looked at a couple of films. <laughs> oh my god, my memory is toast. People. You know what I mean? Like, don't eat. Um, yo, we looked at the new one from uh, Small Town Monsters, right? Skinwalker, the Howl of the Ragaroo. And we also looked at a new Canadian horror film called Hall. So, uh, yeah, go check that episode out as well. And just all the others. You know what I mean? Have fun, people. And we will see you next week. All right? Peace.